buddy of mine, I keep saying this, but a buddy of mine made this for me. It rocks. It's awesome. Yeah, I'll do it. Mr. Gary John, welcome to the Right Balance Podcast. How was, uh, you're local, right? Yeah, about 15 minutes out. Nice. And then uh, you're Armenian. Armenian. Nice. From Yerevan. Yerevan, born, and you came here? Born, came here at 10. At 10? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, this is like now the Armenian capital of <laughs> yeah, Glendale the, of and the Burbank. world. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, Cuban and like Miami. Miami is all the Cubans. Glendale is Armenians. Right. Um, actually, I kind of want to like, you know, like I was telling you earlier, I reached out because uh, you started following me or I started following you. And then I made a post and I, I it, it really captured me. You commented on one and you said something along the lines like, I see you. Uh. And I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck, man, that's. That's cool. And I, I don't know, maybe you were like, I see you, motherfucker. Oh, wow. Or, or I, you know, I, I forgot what, what the context, the I context think, I rem- is. I think I remember. I don't, I don't remember the context of uh, why I commented, but I, I appreciate whatever you, I don't know if it was a video or a picture. I like, I really appreciated it. So I was like, um, I was like, let me just put my, put my little uh, feelings there. I'm like, I see you. Like, I appreciate what you did, you know? I, and I that's what that. I got out of it. Yeah. You know, that, that's what I got out of it. I was like, what, you, you know, I was like, what a simple and cool comment that like, you know, all right, that puts you on my radar. And then, uh, and then, like I said, just, you know, two weeks ago, I was a family barbecue. We were having Horovats, which is Armenian barbecue. Uh, there's always alcohol involved. And, and then I was just, you know, feeling good and, you know, and then I just jump on, look at some messages and I saw your post, you know, you're always posting. I, I see all your posts, but that awesome. day, that day I was like, Hmm, dude, come on, join the <laughs> podcast. And then, uh, you're like, all right. And you just signed up and here we are. Yeah. So I, I, I appreciate that comment. I appreciate what you're doing. Um, how long have you been writing and, 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 and what's your page about and, and where do people find that page? Well, uh, you can find me on, Almost every platform from Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. It my I go by saying 420, and it's the same for um, everything. What was the other question? And then how, how do you spell that? S-A-I-Y-A-N 420. Perfect. That's such a rough voice, though. Yeah, no, no, it's good, man. It's fine. It's natural. Uh, how long you been writing? I've been writing a little bit over four years, if not reaching four years right now. And, and, and how did that happen? Ooh, very, um, it happened by me lying to my girlfriend and mostly what? lying to myself <laughs> and uh, <laughs> false reasons into getting it. But want me to tell you how I even uh, made the move? I, like I want to hear My it. interest, my spark to biking. Uh, well, my whole life, my dad um, always told me, stay away. They, like, this is a dead trap. Uh, you see those bikers over there. Like, out of nowhere. Like, I had no interest on bikes. To me, a bike and a car were the same thing. It was just not a transportation. So I didn't have any opinion or feel about it. So every time he pointed out, I was like, okay, whatever. I'm not I'm not paying attention. So until a day came where um, me and my girlfriend went to Thailand. And very quickly, we figured out, um, depends where you are from from if you're on an island, if you are in a specific part of the city, uh, there's no real cops, uh, and the mob runs the <laughs> a lot of, lot of the, the towns, policing. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the policing is done by the mob, and some of the services, such as taxis. So for us to drive or get taxi for about five to eight miles, it was about um, 20 American dollars, which was ridiculously high. So uh, after using the service a couple of times, I'm like, well... I don't want to burn through money and I want to keep going A to B, C to B. Like I wanted to keep wanna explore. exploring and yeah. I'm like, I don't want to, you don't want to be limited. And, yeah, yeah, of course. So never rode a bike in my life. Um, other than one time my cousin gave me his, uh, bobber or like a small 50 CC, um, motorcycle. And I just balanced it barely down and up a street. That, that was about it. What uh, was that? Was that, uh, that had a clutch and, uh, gears or that was just the throttle like a scooter. I think it was just a throttle because okay. I remember I remember barely like I had the brake and I had the gas unless yep. they just put it in first gear and they're like just go. Um, so that was the only thing. So no real experience. So I was like, you know what? Let's go rent something. Uh, can't rent a car, and I'm like, I don't know how to ride a motorcycle, but I what do what I do know is that scooters are automatic. Right, <laughs> just throttle. Yeah, yeah. So it's like riding a, a bike. Right. Yeah. So we went down to uh, we spent another twenty dollars go 
uh, dropped us off at a at a little sc- r- motorcycle rental place, and I was like, uh, "Hey, let's rent this out. It's a two f- 250cc scooter with uh, room for a passenger and some luggage." And put my leg over it, put my girlfriend in the back, put the luggage on, and we. I literally took off, and about hundred feet in, I'm struggling to balance the bike. I am stressed out of my mind because we're on an <laughs> island on one of the islands from Thailand and the traffic is crazy we're going up to an intersection there's non-ca- non-stop cars going in circles and so my stress level was through the roof and I was complicated only reason we didn't fall over is because I was uh, super strong at the time and I was complica- complicating for with strength so instead of skill I was just br- br- using brute force um, but about a hundred Feet in, I relaxed, the ba- bike balanced itself I, after picking up speed to 5, 10 miles per hour. And out of nowhere, I naturally just relaxed and I just felt the bike and I was like, wow, um, okay, I, I, guess, I guess I can do this. So out of no, nowhere, it went from super difficult to like, okay, we're enjoying this. Let's relax. It's not, like a, it's not one, as 180. 180, just like that. So um, uh, that was the beginning, actually. It was very weird because I got a I got a weird sense, uh, almost like in my soul. I was like, um, almost like a freedom feeling. I don't know. It was like, it was like a really really crazy uh, feeling I never had before. So, um, that, by the way, that was the only time I ever, I touched a motorcycle, quote unquote, the scooter. Uh, used the scooter for the island, and then we went back to the city, and then we got another scooter. I was like, it was a great experience. So I also yeah, used the scooter in the city, this. and then we and then after we got got back home, that was it. For about, let's see, for about four years almost, I would say. Four or five years. Three to four years, that was about it. No no bike, nothing. Until um, until life happened and I decided to um, get a motorcycle or even a scooter. I was like, you know, I'm going to get something small. Let me do my research. I was like, uh, maybe I want a 125cc, maybe a 50cc. So I started watching videos on scooters, motorcycles, and I'm like, wait, um, I have people, I have friends that ride, you know, like I have one or two friends ride. I reached out and the first thing they told me, like almost laughed at me. They're like, haha, you're six two, 200 plus pounds. What are you even looking at? Yeah. So they were like, you should get a thousand. And I seen a couple of thousand and it was very intimidating. I was like, look, um, from the research I did, this is very dangerous. And uh, most likely I'll, I'll live for about 10 minutes before, you know, I'm underground. Yeah. So they're like, okay, start on a 600. About about three months of three months of research on motorcycles, techniques, on basic fundamentals. I decided to pull the trigger and get my 2019 uh, Kawasaki 636. And that's how I got into it. Even though when I bought it, um, I, knew how, I knew the skill, like, I mentally knew how to, but I, I didn't have the experience. So I still had my friend drive it home. And then after that, it took me about a month to uh, learn the fundamentals, counter steering, balancing, uh, uh, clutch, just like mastering the beginning skills. So I, you right. know, I, I really just didn't want to drop the bike. Yeah, yeah, I really did not want to mess up because I've at that point, I realized how dangerous it is and how um, how quickly you could just like da- disappear. So yeah, that, that's how I started that that that's that's amazing it's it's a wild story and and the fact is in the armenian community it's it's like i've been to many countries and motorcycles are ridden everywhere yep. you know the people that were just in here earlier they're they're from france and it's like you go to thailand france south america it's it's normal yeah. but i've never seen a, a culture that's so anti motorcycles and and armenians are yeah. like <laughs> and armenians know cuz they drive crazy man they they're like you know full Very, throttle yes. like this that and it's like you know put yourself on a motorcycle it gets insane yeah. what was your parents reactions of when you got your bike um my dad my dad definitely came around much quicker than my mom i think i think about 3 months in you know he realized around a few months in he realized like you know he's uh he's not backing out but as usual you know um it's dangerous. You're gonna kill yourself. You know all the all the cliche stuff, which is uh, I was expecting it, so I, I was like, it's not a big deal. Uh, thank you, I appreciate it. But uh, you know, it just. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I don't want to die on a bike, so it just made me that much more um, uh, encouraged to get even better at it because I'm like, I know myself. Well, not not at that mo- moment, but as I kept riding, I was like, I know myself. I want to go faster, but 
but I want to understand. I want to know if there is if I could be safe as, as I go fast. Like, what's the safest way I could I could go in a faster pace? Right. So, um, after you know, after after my dad making making me realize that, um, hey, uh, you know, you're not only living for yourself. So I, I so I started taking taking it even more way more seriously. And then my mom took about twice as long, maybe maybe a year to you know stop. Every time I walk in the house, have you quit? Have you sold a bike? Like you know just. Just, just always pushing back, always like in, in an insulting way. Instead of like, there's no, there was no back and forth. It was just like, just her pushing back. There was no like, you know, hear me out or anything, anything like that. But it took about a year. But we were, we're everyone's on the same page. And now, now, yeah, now they accept it. Yeah. How does? Because um, it's a lifestyle. Of course, it's a yeah. lifestyle. It, it's, it's uh, it, it, you, you said it's a lifestyle. It, yeah. it's, it's the way you you train. It's the way you ride. It's the way you think. It's the way you sleep. It's what yeah. you dream. It's what you you know yeah. want. It's what we want to be doing right now. Right. Um, how how has getting into motorcycles changed your life? Has it changed your life? Ooh, massively, actually. My my whole life uh, surrounds is surrounded about motorcycles right now and i and i live with them right now so um uh yeah completely completely changed my life to to a completely different line actually at the beginning at maybe the, in the first year i saw nothing with it but in the first three months i kind of got an idea how expensive it could be because i in my first month i went from a from the 600 class to a supercharged bike which nobody do this is it's very stupid bad from advice bad mm-hmm. advice financially and uh, risk level is like I'm lucky to be alive. Okay, like that was very stupid. <laughs> um, so in my first month, I traded in my '66, uh, bought a 2018 Ninja H2SX, and um, because of that choice, there was a. I owned money on the '66, so whatever I paid on the on right, your upside Ninja, down. I was upside down, but three, four grand. I think it was three grand. Right. So on top of getting a used bike, now I'm paying a premium price, like a brand new price. So um, at the moment, at the time, it was cool, but I got a, I got the most complex bike in the world at the time, um, and and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. What what was that? No, we were talking about your your, your current motorcycle. Um, how you started off with the six two six, then you went to the bigger one. Yeah. It was a bad decision. Yeah. And because it was a bad decision, you don't recommend it. But yeah. how this is affecting your life and how it changed your life. Oh, um it, it, it oh yeah, yeah. I was saying, um, because at the beginning I wasn't taking this too seriously. I was like, Oh, this is just fun, something on the side. But it's a hobby. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a hobby, but uh, but when I realized how expensive it can be and how expensive it is I started to op- I opened up the page on uh, my Instagram page. It, w- it had a different, completely different name. I think it was an H2SX, whatever, very yeah. generic. Um, so I'm like, let me document this. You know, I'm like, if I'm spending thousands of dollars on this on a monthly basis, um, let me take a picture here and there. So that's that's how it started. But it wasn't even like this is gonna go anywhere. It's just like like let me let me put this on the internet. So if I if I lose it or if I want to go back to it in, a, in later in my life, you know, I'll have it. I'll have it. But but as it goes on, I was like, damn, is, I'm really, I'm really investing my time, my uh, effort, my, you know, learning, uh, spending a lot more money, getting the gear, um, re- realizing the gear could be more expensive than the bike. Yeah. So yeah, the, the more, the more I went down the road of, I'm going to keep riding motorcycles, the faster I'm going to go, the expenses kept going up. So I'm like, um, let's find a way maybe to change, change this, maybe get a, find a way to have some revenue or maybe find a way to generate some income. And that's where it slowly started. So, so you started posting. So, um, what were you doing um, before you, you had your motorcycle? So, before you had your motorcycle, you had just uh, you had a job, you had a business, you had a family I, thing, and yeah. and now getting the motorcycle, it, it puts you into a different thing. Are you still doing the same thing? Oh, or is this a business yeah. now? Now it is. It's actually it's very recent. Uh, about four years, and it's, it's finally it finally is. And um, the the skills I generated from uh, this four years of uh, editing, uh, shooting, publishing. Uh, I, now I'm using it for someone else. Like I'm create, shooting for someone else, creating for someone else, um, and that just happened. And so let, 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 let's just uh, let, let's slow it down. Okay. So right now, uh, your website. What what do what can people expect to see when they go to your Instagram? And what? So you're a full-time photographer or you're doing uh, video clips for I people? I think the right uh, word for this is a full-time content creator okay. and slash um, freelancer. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So now... To, to, so, to so simplify it. 
Okay, no, no, it's been perfect. I, yeah. I, I just want to understand it. So, you're you're a content creator, mm-hmm. freelancer, and yeah. now you're getting booked and you're getting jobs with all the skills you've developed in the last four years. Yes, and you're making content for people and getting paid. Yes, for the content. For That's their pretty styles. fucking cool. Right. That's all. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, it actually happened out of nowhere. Um, I'm happy it happened. I'm I'm happy the person gave me the opportunity. Um, and you know, I can't, I can't wait, wait to uh, see this, where this takes me. But until I got here, I was doing, um, well, at the very beginning, I, I worked for FS Max, FS Depot. Um, so you're just doing the regular thing. grind. Yeah, regular style. So you went from regular grind to getting into motorcycles yeah. to complicating motorcycles. Yeah, very complicated. To spending <laughs> lots of money on motorcycles mm-hmm. to, wait a minute, let me document these expenses mm-hmm. So I don't repeat this. Yeah. And then you wait, it just turned into a business. And yeah. now you've been, you do this full time. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. That, that, that's, um, that's outstanding. And then on your Instagram, how, you know, again, they can go to your Instagram and see it, but how would you describe what, what you display? Like what, like I see a bunch of stuff. Here. Well, right now it's, I would say it's about 80% entertainment for like, um, Entertainment, as in like uh, something cool to watch, like from the from the danger aspect. Like, damn, uh, most people can't do this, so like it's more entertaining to watch someone else actually pull it off and not die. But um, my goal is to actually tr- transfer that over to mostly uh, um, providing value in a sense of um, teaching my experiences, um, the way I learned, the the skills I, I developed. Um, there's because. Because a lot of times for this motorcycling thing, there's beginner skills, mid-tier skills, and there's um, high-end level skills. And unfortunately, they kind of mix, but not fully. Because because if you if you want to ride fast, you can't use your beginner skills or, or your mid-tier skills. Most li- unfortunately, most likely it's going to get you killed. So I kind of, moving forward, I kind of want to be more on the educational side. And since, since I left, since I switched careers and uh, just left my... Uh, previous job i i'm gonna be having much more time and much more opportunity to actually focus on what i want to do for myself and what i'm what i want to provide versus i rode i cut it up made it look pretty slowed it down put music look look how cool i go around the corner so yeah. as yeah as moving, moving forward i'm going to be it's going to be less uh fast stuff and more um talking for the video talking on camera and um Hopefully, you know, doing podcasts like you, or even you know, more stuff like this, just more educational, more entertainment on the, on the on the side of like, being off the bike. Yeah, because well, I do want to minimize the yeah, yeah, very important. And I do want to mini- minimize the risk because um, to ride at those pace and not die, the expense is ridiculous. One ride could cost me anywhere from five hundred to two grand a ride. So yeah, it's it's a lot. Let's jump into um, your your experience in in safety gear because what what and i've talked about this a lot on the podcast but people don't understand they'll they'll spend five thousand dollars on a motorcycle and you want want to only spend like two hundred dollars on gear and and that's not the way it is it shouldn't be but unfortunately it is you know well in a here it shouldn't be like that because in other countries i understand that uh, a scooter or a motorcycle is a way of transportation. It's an affordable way of transportation. People, it's more common because they can't afford to buy a car. Having a car is inconvenient. Yeah. Parking is inconvenient in many places around the world. Uh, here, I mean, there's ways of negotiating. This is a tip that I'll give. When you buy a bike, negotiate a, 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 an allowance to buy gear. You can you know? actually, if you don't know this, if you're going to finance your bike and you're already getting a, okay to good a- APR on your bike, I would recommend um, it's available for any anything. If you're, if you're going to go with the bank, you can actually get the gear and they will add the gear price to the bike. Yeah. And you can actually do the next step, which is that get the gear discounted. So price match the gear, talk to your salesperson, and, and you can actually get a v- very good deal out of it because a lot of people get the gear on premium prices because they're like, well, why would they negotiate with me? You got to remember, end of the day, you're going to pay back everything plus APR, pro, you know, so. Yeah, and not only that, but you're so excited that you're getting on motorcycle. Yeah, you don't even, even think about thinking it. about deals. And then later yeah. on, you're like this. And it's true what you're saying. I, I used to work for Harley-Davidson many years back. Uh, when you 
when you buy a car, usually they only finance anywhere, depending on the credit, but they usually yeah. finance 70 to 90%. Yeah. That's why you have to put the down, down payment. payment. Yep. Uh, on motorcycles, back then, Harley-Davidson would finance up to 140 or 160% because they wanted you to get oh, the yeah, helmet yes, yeah. and the jacket and the yeah. gear it's and advised. everything else. Yeah. So it was advised. But what are some of your... your Favorite safety gears, because now there's so much stuff. There's airbags, there's crazy helmets, there's uh, transitions, there's uh, hey, man, shoulder. That's a, that's a great like, question. Yeah, what, what, what's some of your favorite stuff? What are you, what are you rocking right now? Well, well, what I'm rocking is, is the top of the line, like the highest quality stuff you can buy, like Alpine Star Danizy, but um, like I'm wearing is about $5,000 worth of gear. I'm wearing a level two rear vest. Like I'm wearing a very high protective armor, but at the same time he has a level two rear vest, and I'm on top of that I'm, wor- I'm wearing an air vest that inflates, but that also has another level two uh, rear back armor. So I have two armors with an air vest, um, with uh, elbow scrapers. The air vest pads. is uh, what, what's an air vest? Air vest is like a airbag in the car, but you're wearing it on in you on on, t- on top over your um, suit. That's one of the options. You can also over get over your leathers. Over your leathers. Um, so it's and, not and and th- and do you have the um do you have, uh, I'm, I'm sure I know what you have, but just so people have mm-hmm. uh, an idea. Are you getting the old school ones that it was a cable with a CO2 cartridge and if you fall off the bike, it mm-hmm. pulls? Or is it the computer now? Because Alpine Star now makes a computer or, mm-hmm. or, or, or Clin. Clim? Clim? Uh, there, there's more, there, almost yeah. everyone's coming on with the AirVest. They all have their, their way of doing the computer version. They have a computer version mm-hmm. with the subscription model. Yeah, I think the NC does a subscription, yes. Yeah. Uh, mine is the old school, but but depends how you look at it. It's not really an old school. Well, it's not old school. Yeah. It's just you fall oh, off your motorcycle, oh, yeah. you go off. Yeah. No, I or, said old school. Oh yeah. But like um, for, for my for, because where I ride and and the gear I wear, um, I, I would say if you were a city rider, I would recommend um over a vest that you wear on top of your gear because if you if you're having a lazy day, you don't want to put on all your gear, just put on the air vest, man. Just it's it's a difference of uh, if you. If you crash and you fall off your motorcycle and you're only wearing the air vest, at least your chest, your hip, your neck, at least you, can, you know your neck's not going to break off or, or literally fall off your head. It pretty much inflates all around your shoulders. It, make, it makes force, your head forcing your, Yeah, forcing your head pretty much being in a, in a straight position. And um, your ribs, um, I, had a, I ever had a cra- serious crash one time and it was at the track. And I'm pretty lucky that um, I didn't die. So... Uh, after that, at the, my, track, huh? at the track, and at from that experience, my safety level for gear went through the roof. I'm like, I had good gear, but obviously, for I'm one, what I'm doing, good gear is the bare minimum. So yeah. that's when I went got got the highest quality letters, high, highest quality um, armors, um, strongest armors, and uh, went and invested into an air vest. So you so you got leathers with the back plate. Uh, you got your vest with the black plate, back back plate, black plate. Uh, you have uh, elbow guards, elbow guards, shoulders. Your jacket, shoulder shirt, guards, shoulders. Are you wearing a, a, a one suit? Are you wearing? Oh, a l- I always wear a two piece because two piece. Um, my riding is normally in the city in the canyons. Yeah, and then uh, inside, uh, now starting starting now, it's um, chest plate with uh, with hip protectors as well. So double hip protection as well. Um, what what helmet are you using? Oh, uh, I use Bell. Bell. Uh, for which me, model? I'm, Ooh, it's a difficult one. Um, look, just Google uh, Bell a flagship flagship um, a helmet, and it'll come up. It's uh, it's anywhere from five fifty on a sale to eight fifty, and it it has all the comforts, all the all the cool gadgets, the self changing visor, um, the it, transition it, visor, transition visor, yeah. everything, everything like, you could think of it. Kind of like that, no. No, no, it actually, it actually, no, in the, in the morning it goes white, and at, at dark it goes white, in the morning it yeah, goes... Yeah, that, that one yeah. does the same thing. Oh, then, yeah, yeah, it goes with the rays of the sun, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, just yeah, like it, that, w- yeah. With the UVs. With the UVs, yeah. Yeah, depending on how strong the UVs, it will yeah. tint automatically. Yeah. yeah that, that's one of my passenger helmets on the top left, the bell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, so, no, they're, they're, they're great helmets. Uh, Are you? Yeah. Oh, nice. ACH? Uh, or... or, or uh, you know that that's um <laughs> you know zuma canyons yes yeah nice that's all the way in the oh, top yeah. of zuma canyons it's a great picture. and then that's malibu awesome. that's malibu and then this is uh um, not chuck walla uh Willow the smaller Springs. one okay Willow yeah Springs, yeah yeah so 
Um, nice. Yeah, I, I, I got to, you know, I'm happy we're talking about this because, yeah. you know, I'm always talking about, you know, safety, safety, safety. I got to I got to up my safety gear. What, what do you wear? Here's the thing. I have three different motorcycles mm-hmm. that are depending which bike I ride. I have to, you know, because one's a Harley mm-hmm. and I got to wear a vest and mm-hmm. I always wear boots. Uh, the BMW, I have more armored gear because, you know, it just feels like should be more armored on the bmw okay. then i have a live wire and then the live wire i have like leathers with just you know just regular pads and stuff like that and then i have different helmets depending on which one uh my favorite helmet that i've been using a lot is the icon on top of the couch oh, right there they look cool yeah they look mm-hmm. cool it, it's i like it looks great uh the only thing that kind of drives me crazy on it is because the shield's so long you know it comes down and when you open it it's, it's like still a, like a sail i see and the wind kind of like catches yeah you know, it's kind of hard to like open it up um but other than that when it's closed it looks mean as fuck <laughs> um but yeah I, I have a bunch of vests i have a bunch of jackets um i do have armored pants but those are like the adventure bike pants you know so that's more for the bmw um but but, but so, I, you, so you dress you all you kind of also dress to match the bike as well yeah which is stupid but no. it's true <laughs> but it's you know, I can't wear my my Harley Davidson vest with the BMW. You know, it's 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 stupid, but it's. I, I guess I mean if I had I, I would have worn the same gear for all the bikes. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. After 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 my crash, I, I, I think know. most people do, but yeah. but I I've had such a long history with Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. Like it's the only thing I really rode, and then um, and then the GS I got into because uh, there was a few people that I knew. Uh, we rented a bunch of them and we took it to Joshua Tree. Like, I think it was January or something. So it was raining. When we got to Joshua's tree, it was muddy. We went to no man's land. We went through all these different environments in three days, and the bike handled like a champ. Oh, yeah. So this one guy uh, negotiated a deal uh, with Riverside BMW, and we picked up five motorcycles, uh, you know, individuals, and they gave us a deal and uh, got hooked. And, and that's been like my number one bike. And then recently, in the last few months, I, I've been riding the live wire more. You know, and now I'm like, I like the live wire. <laughs> and then my Harley was kind of acting out. And now the Harley's working good. And, and now I'm like, oh, the Harley. What was the problem? Uh, power failure. In what, what sense? What do you mean? Full riding. Brrr, 60 miles an hour. Brrr, power. Interesting. Like the compression? LCD, motor, uh, compu- everything, gauges. The, the bike would shut off yeah, while riding. Okay. So they couldn't figure it out. It, they, I, I took it. If you look at my uh, personal Instagram account, there was six weeks where it got picked up four times and then towed to uh, Glenda Harley. And now the last time they fixed it, uh, they had a technician come from Harley Davidson and they found a wire in the wiring harness that caused uh, the power outage. Oh, wow. So, but it, it was super annoying because it would shut off and then it'd catch back on once I stopped. And then I'd take it to the dealer and be like, it shut off. And they're like, well, we need to duplicate it because it's an electrical problem. So it was this back and forth, and it was just it was it was super annoying. Yeah, I had similar cases with my uh, uh, supercharged bike. Really, actually, it just shut off? engine, not shut up, but electronic to a mechanical. I had every every issue you could think of. I, I've had with that bike. It was a it was almost two years of back and forth with the dealer. At some point, the dealer literally had the bike longer than me. Well, that's that's what's happened. Same thing. Um, the only problem is is that it started really acting out and they were able to duplicate it after the factory warranty. So lemon law was like mm. out. Otherwise, if it was like four months earlier, they would have lemoned it. Because yeah. it was like 30, it was like 30, it was twice at the dealership for more than 30 days. Um, and then I had dropped it four times where they picked it up. You know, like it was just a mess. Yeah. It was just a mess. I can't but imagine. <laughs> yeah. But now they figured it out. It's, it's riding so yeah. rich. And then Harley, when it's nice and cool like this, it just, you know, because it's, it's such carbureted? a hot motor. No, no, okay. it's not carbureted, but it's uh, it's almost nineteen hundred cc's. Okay, and Harley's get really hot. So right now it's 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 riding main. Oh yeah, yeah. Like uh, I dig that a lot. What did you take any training courses? Um, I I've taken two. My first one was just the basic one to get my license. I didn't want to go to the DMV one. I took it about nine months in. Learned absolutely nothing, but. You know, I, I was there. I paid the money. I'm like, at least have fun. I'm like, I'm, I'm not. I was. It was very boring, but I did my best to have as much as fun as I, I could, um, because they were literally teaching you to use the clutch, for thirty minutes at a time. Like, 
use the clutch halfway, use the clutch full, but like in 30 minute sequences. So that was my first one. And then the second, second training class I did was uh, with California Superbike School about maybe a year ago now. And um, not a year, maybe six months ago. And also I didn't learn new skills, but it refined my skills. And my, my experience was really good. So I, now I recommend anyone that has uh, $600 to spare um, I mean, if you're going to get a new exhaust, I would exa- I would highly encourage um, you take to class, take the yeah. class because one class could put you over years. Like if not, if some, someone just rides to ride and not rides to get better, you, you can literally be ahead of people that have been riding 10 plus years. It, uh, oh, it, it's, it's huge. It's super huge. They did their whole uh, training. So everything's very modern. They... You get you're taught by professionals that actually are winning and have won a world um, world class races. So it's um, everything's up to date and and they go off of stats of the professionals. So and then they explain it in a way where you know the bike doesn't know you're on the track or the street. Yeah, so, of course. Uh, so as long as you understand um, the technicals and and how it operates and what it is and why it is, um, your situation of location does not matter at all. So you just refine all my skills. And I, I was very, riding for over t- three years, I, I was still not confident with some skills. About a five-minute practice they did with me, refined like that. It was a, it was a game changer. Um, I, like, I was so happy. Like, I was like a little child again. Like yeah. I, can, I can't believe this five-minute practice just uh, made my skill like seven out of ten to ten out of ten. Now I can uh, camera steer smoothly and have the bike fall into my desired lean angle uh, without any interruption and without wobbles after the, after the bike is... Um, at the lean angle, because now I understand uh, what's happening, why it's happening, and what's happening during, after the um, input of the action. So it's 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 very complex because they break it down um, heavily, but it does make sense. They use examples of every sort. If you don't understand, you can ask a question. You can uh, you get a pr- you get a trainer pri- private trainer is like two to one or three to one, and it's uh, very inclusive. So highly recommend. It. I'm actually. I'm looking to go to do my level two, level three, and then pr- and then private is level four. So it's like whatever you are, they, ju- they just improve you instead of teaching you. Do do you always uh you've always been only on street bikes, huh? You never tried like the Harleys or the Adventure. I've tried or? every bike there is actually. Oh, nice. Everything. Yeah. yeah, and only bike um only class of bikes that I'm scared of and uh I would I would and I still stay away from is uh, cruisers. Why is that? Because um. Every bike is the same except from cruisers because they're, to simplify it, their wheelbase um, length uh, from front wheel to the rear wheel is much longer because it's a lot of times facing outwards instead of uh, straight down. Um, it, it forces the rider, unless, unless you're riding one that has technology where, where, you, where you go to use the front brake instead of being 80% to 95% to 100% braking with the front brake and with with cruiser bikes it's normally 60-40 on average so if you're riding fast if you're doing something quick if you're um, in a dangerous situation you really need to understand the skill level of your bike and you got to understand the technique for a cruise, cruiser bikes because now you got to implement the front the rear and not lock up any of them uh, to slow down at maximum uh, efficiency. And then at the same time, now let's say you're slowing down, you're like, damn, I got to maneuver and then continue braking. Now you got to lay off, maneuver, and come back. It's just it, uh, the skill level to ride a cruiser is is more difficult. and It's more it's, demanding. It's more difficult, demanding, and it it you have to learn something new versus uh, everything you know, you know about every other bike. So for from from having a slower uh, turn-in... Um, less uh lean clearance to um the tire types they use um it's just it's just a more difficult bike to ride so if if you're gonna ride a cruiser you definitely have to dedicate time to uh, master master that class in my opinion at least so if i would ever decide to start riding cruisers i would i would dedicate at least month to two months to uh Make sure I'm 100% with the rear brake. I'm 100% with the front brake. I'm I'm sure what the what the maximum uh, lean angle is and how quick, quickly I can do it um, back and forth. So pretty much all the fundamental skills I would make sure to understand where the limit is 
So when I do reach the limit, I don't just low side or high side. I know how to come back and then uh, re, re, re reuse the um, momentum. Yeah, the mo momentum or the or the um, break or whatever whatever the case is. So that's interesting. Uh, the 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 break thing I will challenge. Um, sure. You know, I, I again when I worked for Harley Davidson, I, I worked when they didn't have ABS, mm -hmm. and when you didn't have that's ABS, saying, yeah. you have to pump and this that that. So this was like in two thousand seven. I if I remember exactly, in two thousand eight they introduced ABS. All new baggers have ABS, so you can't lock up your wheels. It doesn't awesome. matter if you squeeze your front, if you squeeze your back. It's impossible. Uh, you do have to control or manipulate yourself if you're doing 50-50, you know, or whatever, 70, 30. Uh, the BMW has technology of what you were talking yeah, the about. Linkage. They have the yeah, link braking where you just automatically apply the front. You don't even touch the back brake mm -hmm. anymore. You, you know, automatically brake and it just controls 70-30, 30-70, back and forth. But um, the wheelbase depends on the bagger. You know, because if you look at the the police Harleys when they used to ride those Harleys, they they used to do circles like crazy. I did my DMV test on a street glide. Yes, those those ones are more forgiving and and actually yeah, capable. Their their rake. What we're talking about yes. is the rake, not necessarily the frame, but their rake is 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 shorter compared to like a chopper. When you have a chopper, yes. your rake is ridiculous. It's just super stretched out. You get a lot of bounce. You get a lot of feedback. Uh, I mean, th that's your bar hopper, mm -hmm. you know, but the, if you look at the ultras, the street glides, uh, even the road glides, the rake is so close. I, I'm telling you, I can do the DMV. I, I did my DMV. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have been more clear. Um, it's only, only, I'm only talking about the bikes that have the, have the rake really up front. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cause when yeah. you, oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Cause you're because it's normally, normally in the cruisers where they, they, when they have it uh, way, way in the front. Yeah. Yeah. Like show bikes and stuff like that. Show, show that's in, that's the extreme cases. But yeah, yeah even I've yeah, seen, I've seen some, yeah, I've seen, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like the only, ghost only rider specific, bike. Yeah. Yeah. Like only specific. Look, if, if your wheelbase is really long and your bike weighs like five, six, seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred pounds, you, it's just more demanding to ride and it requires more skill. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, and of course it takes more skill and more practice. It, it's just, I, I've I've been riding those again twenty years, so they're they're so like you're they're so comfortable, them. and and that's one of the things that's right. That's a, that's where I, I I'm very proud of my skill level because I ride the BMW, which when I put the bags on, it's super wide. The Street Glide or the Live Wider, the Live Wider is nothing; it's super thin. I I can ride those bikes equally the same, cutting through traffic and and manipulating and getting around and. That's where I'm like, okay, it doesn't matter too much. Street bikes, I never fucked with. The only time I messed with street bikes. What kind bikes, of street bikes are you talking about? Like anything? Any I'm talking bikes? about like street bikes, street bikes. Yeah, 600, 1,000. Oh, I see, I see uh, like super sports. Like super sports. Super sports, yes. I, I, I never fucked with it. I fucked with an 1125 once on a track. That's a Buell. 1125. What's that? It's a Buell? You don't remember Buell, huh? No. So I'm pretty modern. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's a guy named Eric Buell. He mm -hmm. made these super high-tech super bikes okay and he linked up with harley davidson back then and these bikes were fucking phenomenal they they for example eric buell made the rotor of the wheel instead of on the inside of the rim he put it on the outside of the rim so you had direct braking power on the point of the wheel that's making contact genius uh the oil tank the oil tank was on the swing arm of the motorcycle so it was built in wow so you had better balance uh, the gas tank, he built a frame around the gas tank, and the, or the, the, the frame was the gas tank. So then it was more lowered and centered to gravity. I see. The top was like, the like under the under the rider? Like under the right. Well, like, so here's your tank. Instead of this being full of gas, mm -hmm. there was a, the frame was bigger. I see. And you would put the gas inside of the frame. Okay. Yeah. Much lower to the ground. Much lower okay. to the ground. And then the top was the airbox. I see. You know, yeah. so he had like a bunch of innovative ideas like that. There's just the thing where Harley didn't push it as much as they should have. And they were, they made the uh, 1125, which was actually, I think that's the only one they still make that races nowadays, but it never caught on for marketing purposes, but they were an amazing bike. I took that one to Laguna Seca and, and I will only ride a street bike or a super bike only on the track, okay. like, like on the city. I ride this like crazy. And this is huge, awkward, not aerodynamic. And it's like, people are like, what? Yeah. And if I had a street bike, I don't know. You know, because I, I say this statement. Tell me what you think of this. 90% of motorcycle accidents is rider error. I think you're being generous. 
You think I'm being jacked? You see, see, see. Because this, this goes back and forth. Some people are like, bullshit. My, my personal experience, I, I only speak from personal experience and stats, but... but I think I last think episode they said 95, but there was an accident recently. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, mm-hmm. I better maybe bring it down to 90 because um, people are getting mad. But yeah, I think it's... Yeah, I would, I would, I would personally say about ninety-five percent right or error because just because someone else caused you to have an accident, it built up to there. You just didn't magically appear on its blind side, or you just didn't magically fly off the canyon, or you got spooked because it's the writing. Writing is very complex and and has so many layers. Um, uh, but but until your crash happens, there's thousands of things that happened before it, and depending on your mindset, a lot of times you can actually avoid all of that. Like from personally, I'm a fast writer, but, but I, I, I say aggressive writer, aggressive. Yeah. Aggressive writer, but, um, close calls. I'm at a point where close calls are not, are not part of the recipe. Like if a close car call happens, most likely it was going to be a freak accident. And thank God I saved it. And only thing, only thing I say like 95% and not hundred is because, Freak accidents can happen to anyone, and unfortunately, um, you, there was there was no avoidance about freak accidents. You know, if you're going, if you're doing the speed limit around the bend in a canyon, and a Porsche is coming on the opposite side at ten, four times speed limit at 110, and they panic and overtake the corner, and they take you out with it. You know, at the, at right. that point, you can't do anything. No reaction time, no visual, blind corner. It, that yeah, would be considered a freak accident. You know, yeah, so, uh, stuff uh, like that. I know. I know two freak accidents, just just two. I know a lot of accidents, but I only know two freaks. One was one of my mechanics, he was servicing a bike, and when he took off from the dealership to do a test ride, he was going straight, and the car, he was just going regular speed. So he was going straight, the car on the opposite side, uh, opposite side did an illegal U-turn out, wow. out of nowhere and hit him. And it was very dramatic because when he fell, it was an older gentleman that was on blood thinners, ah. and he was bleeding out. The crazy part was the guy hit him and ran. Ran, yeah. And it's uh, very common, unfortunately. It's very common, and uh, th- that's why cameras is another thing you should install on your <laughs> your bikes. Um, but then uh, I was attending to him. Somebody went to the dealership. They're like Robert, you know the guy. Blah blah. I'm like, all right. So when I went out there, I was like, you know, I was focusing on him, and I was like, you call the police. And it's important. You got to say you call the police. You got to point at somebody and say you call the police. Put a responsibility on the person. Yeah, because if you're just like somebody call the police, everyone's gonna be like, you yeah. do it. Yeah. And and this is like basic first aid, you know, you know, tips. Uh, and this guy's like, hey, 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 hey. And I was like, dude, back the fuck up, dude. And he's like, hey, hey, hey. I was like, bro, leave me the fuck alone. I'm Jeff. Are you okay? You okay? And the guy goes, I hit him. And I'm like, what? He goes, I hit him, dude. And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, I hit him, man. Oh, I, I heard you ran off. He goes, no, no, I did, but I came back. What happened? Oh, I was driving, and the GPS wanted me to go around like two, three blocks. And instead, I just thought I'd do a U-turn. And he, anyway, so thank goodness he stopped. And, and that was like a freak accident. And then I know another freak accident where the guy's just going to work. And it's 3 a.m. because he works uh, uh, driving garbage trucks. And as he's driving. Game at night? Well, he, he clocks in at 4. Okay. Yeah, garbage trucks taking the trash. So he clocks in at four. He's heading over that three thirty or something like that. It was about a half an hour ride. Anyways, he goes from the number two lane to the number one lane. And at night, when he does that, there was what he described as a big vase. There's just this big, like I was like a vase. He was a vase. Hits it, flips. The bike lands on the bike. Flips the the rear tire hits so hard, the suspension blows up. It just pops out. This was a Dyna. He flips, he lands so hard on the heel of his boot that his boot bust open and his heels shattered into a million pieces. Anyways, uh, CHP, everybody comes. It wasn't a vase. You know what it was? On the other side, there was an 18-wheeler. And on the trailer, the two wheels, they just serviced it and welded it. That snapped off both wheels, hit the car behind it, the car behind it made it go to the other side of the freeway, lands standing up. The CHP said it was like 250 pounds of just tires and rims. Yeah. Lands on the other side, and that's what he crashed into. Wow. That actually, um, my buddy actually, I got my buddy into writing, came over, did all day of session of writing, uh, having fun, practicing on how to get better. Uh, he takes home, takes up home. About an hour later, calls me. He's like, hey, I'm on the five freeway. Uh, come pick me up. Same thing, uh, 18-wheeler blew a tire, and middle of the night, it's like 9.30, 10.30 at night, 
didn't see the tire, hit it at like 100 miles per hour or something. Just the tire. Just, well, tire and the rim, like in, right in the there. The rim and the tire. Yeah, I, I, actually, no, I think it was just the tire. Just the gas, tire. 18 wheel tire, hit it and uh, went flying for like 100, 200 meters on down the freeway. Got up right away. Um, if he didn't get up, he was going to get run away. So he got up, he jumped, a car missed him by like inches. And next lane over, also another car, he jumped, but he clipped him on the leg. So he pretty much run across the freeway. And if he, did, if he didn't follow his instincts to get up and run, he was going to, unfortunately, that's how we died. We get run over after an, uh, on a freeway crash and he was going to get run over. So um, that's fucking yeah, terrible. The, the 18 wheelers, man, are, are crazy. Yeah. Th- this was the both. This was the axle. Oof. Yeah, with the two the, rims the tires not going and anywhere. the two tires. Yeah, that's like wow. Yeah, that that was the only thing. But it's then like hitting a dead dead end wall. Then what's that? It's like hitting a dead wall. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's like hitting a wall. Wow. Yeah. So that that's anyways. That's that's all there. But like, I mean, then I hear the stupid accidents. I I, I had a guy one time coming with crutches. What happened to you, man? Oh, I was riding my bike and this truck cut me off. So I cut him off and I gave him the finger. I was like, well, then what? He hit me in the back and took me off the road. <laughs> what the fuck? Why would you do that? Like, that's so fucking crazy. All right. Since uh, you, you agree with that statistic, this is a new thought. Oh, go ahead. Before, before we move forward. In this four years of me writing, I've had about over 25 people that have died that I've known. And there are three of them that I knew personally. So, like. That's crazy. That, that is crazy. Like, and unfortunately, only one to two were freak accidents. And. and I just lost another close friend about a week ago, and uh, it's not it's not clear if it's if it was a freak accident or not. So details are not out, but man, that this shit is very dangerous. So that's you know talking about the gear and thing is it, it is very important. So, well, well, here's the thing: the the fact the reason that I tell people ninety five percent of uh, accidents is is rider error is because if you ride at a safer speed. If you wear the right gear, if you're alert, if you, you have, my point is you have 95% control of your situation. You know, when you start doing like, uh, I saw one that was terrible in Bakersfield. I think it was Bakersfield. The guy was going for like, oh, there's a lot. Every day. It has to be. But I I follow the channel and, and they show, they pretty much announce motorcycle accidents and fatalities. Every single day for like three weeks, I was following them. Every single day, somebody at Bakersfield on the freeway on a Harley died. Every single day, I had to like unfollow. It was like I'm it's like too much. It was way too much. It's too much. Yeah. yeah, I saw one where the guy was going like 150, and he takes a red light, and the cars pass him like, and that's that's the one the, the guy that went flying. I don't even think he flew, bro. I think once he hit, he just like like oh, I see. Yeah, it was yeah. it was. Horrific. Yeah, there was one in LA as well. The guy hit a car at one thirty, went flying. That's insane. That's yeah. instant death. Yeah, but that, that but that's if what you're I lucky, mean. Unfortunately, if, if you're lucky, it's instant. Yeah, that, that if is, you're I, lucky. Yeah, yeah I've, it's, I've seen. Unfortunately, I've seen people take their last breath, and that shit is very dark. It's dark, huh? Very dark. It's like because a lot of times they're crying, and they know it's it's you know it's, it's the end, and it's like you can't do anything, and it's it's very it's just very like sad and gruesome. Yeah. That's wild, man. Yeah. That's wild that, that we, we take those chances. Why Why do you think people go that extreme? Um, well, uh, a lot of people are not going to agree with this, is, but Who I think cares? It's Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> it's, it's just you and uh, me are listening. Yeah, okay. Then, um, I, my personal experience is people uh, take the wrong advice and and follow the wrong information from like, Following advice from their family members, following advice that someone that's been writing twenty years, but not properly, just from his self experience. Um, just, I think a lot of this could be avoided if they were following a better mindset. Like, I'll give a good example. So, if you if you watch a lot of YouTube, I would recommend check out uh, Moto Jitsu or check out Dan Dan. They give you the basic fundamentals um, on on the accidents, and they break it down and. Then then does the great break- breakdown and Moto Jitsu gives you a great understanding from beginner to mid-tier riding experience and how it is and why it is and why do people crash and the mindset you should have. So do you do you, like like I automatically assume that it has to be also your your environment. Yes. You know, like like the the Harley guys the Harley guys are going to get you know, not all of them obviously. Every I mean there's everything there's everything in every category of motorcycle, but like 
the Harley guys, because of their group, are going to drink more beer and get in bar fights. Okay. Uh, they're probably going to ride drunk or, you know, buzzed versus other groups. You know, uh, the super bikes, those guys are going to be averaging at speeds of 100 miles an hour because their friends are going that fast. They want to go fast. So how much would you say is 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 the environment or the influence of people? Just talking about it, it's not much. But when you're at the environment... And, and we're not professionals. Different. We're just talking yeah. our experiences yeah, and our thoughts. and our personal experience, yeah. what we see and what we... Yeah. Um, the environment, I would say, is about 100%. If you were... If you're not sure on where you stand and and uh, wh- where you stand with your skill, where you stand with your riding, um, with you, where you stand with yourself and your with your bike, the environment ends up being hundred percent of influence of what you're gonna be doing, um, and who you're with, pretty much. So, unfortunately, every person that I rode with that drank beer, alcohol, um, a few of them have died riding, and a few of them have crashed and miraculously survived. So, unfortunately, every every person that I rode with that drank and rode at the same time. Um, sooner or later, they were they were in an accident. Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying it was because of the alcohol, but you know it. It, it, it didn't it just, help. It doesn't it doesn't help. You know you need every every concentration. You need every focus. Um, every second you you can you could get. You need every every bit of it. So, my this is again. It's just what I do because I know my limits. You know I'm 207 pounds. Uh, my rule is uh, two wheels, two drinks. That's it. It also how it affects you. I mean, if two drinks uh, doesn't do anything for you, I get it. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I I just do this because you know you, you go somewhere and it's like all right, two, three, four, five drinks creep up on you well, very quick. And but then also you don't you don't go and push the limits of your bike. I'm guessing. Yeah. You know. No. Yeah. No. I, I again. I, people, I, you know. Yeah. I, I again. I ride aggressive. Mm-hmm. I ride. Um, yeah, I, I ride aggressive, and and I ride aggressive, not like, but I ride like you know I, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to waste time. You know, if I'm, if I'm splitting lanes, I'm not floating around two cars. Like I'm like, okay, uh, this mirror can see me. I'm directly behind this mirror. Okay. Boom, boom. You know, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going through things quick. I don't want people to have that's an opportunity. My, in my opinion, that's, that's the safer choice. Always, well, 100%. Always oh, no. Yeah. I, I, I do it all the time. You know, uh, my new thing that I started doing recently, let's say, Let's say this is um, let's say this is the wall divider, right? And you're here, and you're splitting. Oh, man, I gotta get more cars. But let's say <laughs> that's let, the first lane. Yeah, let's say this is the number one, mm-hmm. and this is the wall. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's say there's cars here, and there's cars here. If I'm splitting lanes, and this car is being an asshole or not paying attention, and he just kind of like leans in here, as he leans in here, I instantly now just go, I go on the left side, just, and then I get back in front. You know, but I now it's so quick that I, I, I don't want to fight anybody no more. I used to hit the mirrors. I used to kick the doors. Now I'm like, get away from me. Get away from me. Oh, shit. Oh, you want to block that? Okay. Maybe you're doing it purposely. Maybe you're not paying attention. Maybe you're cock blocking, whatever the case is. Oh, opportunity. Boom. And I'm just like, boom, boom, boom. I'm just looking at the next thing. I don't, I don't want to look back. I don't want, I don't want confrontation. I don't want to be like, hey, bro. You know, I'm not into it. Which... Brings another thing. I, I want to see your thought on this, and I strongly believe this. But let's see where you, what you think of this. This is the first time. This year is the first time in LA that I think to myself, it is safer to ride a bike than a car. Ooh. What do you think about that? Can you make that make sense, or do you think that's completely out of my mind, or what? What? What do you think about that? That I would. I think that would make sense if. <laughs> If you are the right person, I mm, because that's true. Because a lot of people are for, uh, a lot of people get on the bike for the thrill of it, right? And uh, a lot of people also get on the bike f- to just get to A to B. But it's uh, but uh, not everybody is like us, you know. I mean, like if somebody pulls pulls in front of us or somebody does something intentional, like not anyone everyone could just brush it off. Because at the beginning, when when something like that did happen. I did feel the rage, like I, my burlesque circulation went through the roof. I was very angry, uh, angry, very rage, uh, rageous. I'm like, I want to get off the bike and beat this guy or break his mirror. So at that, as soon as that happened, I uh, I just sped away, 
But I'm like, oh, so this is what people experience when when somebody intentionally does something to them. So it, if you could control yourself and know your limits and and understand the basic facts of how to write safely in the city, yes, your your point completely makes sense. But it it that it applies to much smaller majority than I think we think think. So it's mo- probably applies to more track writers because they're they want to write better, they want to improve. So if if a track writer, I feel like if a track writer decides to write in the city, they're gonna do their best to learn as much as they can to stay safe on the on writing in the city. So if someone's willing to willing to do their best to be to be to be as safe as possible, and th- I think that's when that's when it applies. That makes sense. The reason I came up with this thought is because I would I would I would go on the motorcycle and I would you know flow through as come and go as I want. And then I'd get in my car, and then, I, I, you know, you get stuck on the 405, and you, you car in front of you, yes. car behind you, and road rage, and this guy's going to fucking get mad, and this guy's breaking in front of you, so now you're trying to get in front of him, and he's blocking you, and you're so limited. There you're is. so limited that if anything goes wrong, you're fucked. If there's an earthquake, if there's a fire, if there's a shooting on the freeway, look, Van Nuys was shot. That's it. You couldn't. <laughs> nope, everybody was stuck. I already panicked about all of that. <laughs> What's that? Like, when, like I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I'm in my car. I'm on... <laughs> I'm on a bridge in traffic. I'm panicking. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm panicking. Realize. That's why I'm saying. Yeah, happens. We go down. Somebody runs. You go down. It's, it's just you're, it's you're, wow. you're so yeah. fucking easy. Yeah. It, it's it's a regular, you know. Because now I'm getting a lot more listeners, like in the East Coast. I'm getting listeners all over the world. But yeah. every winter, people start listening to the podcast because we're actively writing and they're writing well, through our there, stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. In LA, that's very common. They shut down the freeway, and you're stuck. Hours, hours, two hours on average. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's been, you know, a couple times where there was an on ramp uh, that I was able to reverse through. It was an on ramp, not an off ramp, and I had to reverse through. But fuck, man, you get stuck on that thing. You don't know what's going on. Sometimes it, they're just cleaning up a crash. So sometimes they're just trying to control the track. Like it, it, it sucks. And I started realizing, like, dude, I want a bike all the time like you know but you know i got a family i got kids i got everything else um okay what what, what other safety tip would you offer um that you've learned after safety tip um what what advice would you give for a new rider oh new rider well, <laughs> well what, what advice yeah with your experience your profession what what would be uh my name is John. I see bikes. It's cool. They get all the hot chicks, you know. Uh, what bike should I get? And um, should I get a bike? I see. Um, yeah, well, I would recommend anyone to get a bike, but only if they're willing to put the time in to learn and if they're willing to, willing to also willing to invest in the protective gear as well because a lot of people just want the bike. But, but hey, John, if, you, if you're thinking of getting into a bike... Um, do you know what kind of style of bike do you you, you, you want to get into? Like, from do you want a cruiser? Do you want a sport bike? Do you want an adventure bike? I want a. Um, I'm looking at the Ducatis. Looking at Ducatis? Well, that's a great choice if you have tons of money. I mean, if you have about anywhere from twenty to sixty k laying around, no problem. And no way, it can't cost that much. Yeah, it's, it's actually all the way to one to one twenty. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, um, it's it's very pricey. If finances are no no big deal, no problem. But if you're an average individual, you want to be looking at the youth market and you want to be looking at in the last five years. And you make sure, because, you know, because you're new to motorcycling, I would recommend you to look at bikes that have ABS and at the bare minimum, basic traction control. Because, you know, you, it takes time to learn the throttle. It takes a lot of time to understand when you're spinning the rear. So, yeah, you want to have those options at the beginning to have it maxed out and Kind of, kind of, kind of get baby through the experience. So, uh, whenever you do want to do something stupid, you you have a little safety margin to understand. Hey, uh, you know the bike saving your life. Either relax or you're just gonna go with it. So, um, at, at the same time, I would highly recommend uh, getting gear. It's about <coughs> basic gear with uh, level two protection. It's about seventy percent impact difference. So if you hit a wall. If you crash and you splash into a wall with your back, splash into a wall, guys. You hear this terminology? After 100, 100 miles per an hour, we're like a bug hitting a windscreen. Okay, um, 
what's it called? Yeah, if you get a basic basic jacket with level two armor in the back, if you hit a wall, it's the difference is if you're gonna die, now you're gonna have a broken back. If you're gonna have a broken back, you're gonna have a sprained back. If you're gonna have a sprained back, you're gonna have a bruised back. So that that basic level two rear armor is is a game changer. That's that's how I look at it. So if uh, I yeah, I, I would pretty much. Uh, Push everyone to look look at the protective side and actually uh, uh, look at what they're getting into. Just do, do some basic research of like what you're actually getting into and the expenses. Like, are you getting the bike for fun only? Are you getting the bike for commuting? Because uh, the expenses change depending on what you're doing. So, how how much would you say you should have for gear? For gear, what do you mean? Like how much money? Like let's say oh, let's say that's I have a good question actually. Yeah, how much money should I have for? Depending well, on five five hundred bucks, you think that's enough for gear? I would say depending on your bike price. How much are you in the first place willing to pay put down for your bike? How much are you spending on your bike? So like, give me an example with that. Well, I I I, I kind of want to say that'd be irrelevant, but I'm gonna play okay. along. Sure. Uh, Fifteen thousand dollar motorcycle. Let's say I got a Ducati Monster. Uh, what is it? The nine ninety or one thousand. Yeah. Well, you know, you got, you got uh, the how I look at that is like you're getting a bike that can accelerate zero to sixteen like three seconds or if not less. So you want you want gear that actually you're pretty much looking at getting top of the line gear because because if your if your bike could perform at at high levels, you want your gear to actually uh, match with the bike's performance at the bare at the bare minimum. So if you're getting a five thousand, so five by five thousand dollar, I should uh, buy cheaper gear. Yeah, well, ch- cheaper gear, but but you could if you're buying a five thousand dollar bike. Um, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I don't think it, it makes sense to also buy a five thousand dollar gear. So, like when I bought my nine thousand dollar bike, uh, I, I I only could afford a helmet, jacket, and gloves in the first two weeks, and then in the next two weeks, I bought the pants, and then two weeks after that, I bought the boots. So, um, and everything was used. My whole gear maybe costed me about eight hundred dollars, but it was it was very high quality gear, like ra- racing gear that I still have. But um, it was used, and and and. You know, if you have the money to spend like that fifteen thousand dollars, I'm assuming you also have the money to buy, buy that fancy gear. So, but if you if you only have money for a used five thousand dollar bike, that means your budget is a little bit less. So you're pretty much looking. So would at you the say like ten percent of? I, I would say ten percent of your bike. Of your bike, and you can make it work for five hundred dollars if you if you're willing to look that at the used sense. market. You can you can make it work, and it's not it's not going to be very shitty or anything for five hundred. And, and, and we're saying minimum good. numbers, ten yes. percent minimum. If yeah. you could spend more on your gear, or spend more on your gear. Um, if budgeting is like for your priority, because for me, my pr- budgeting was number one. You know, like I, I literally couldn't afford the whole year, so I had to wait for a paycheck. Okay, I have extra three hundred dollars savings, so I would invest that into a boot, and then so yeah. on, so on, so on. And then, um, and then, last thing, uh, talking back about your business. Uh, look, my name's Robert. I have a podcast. What service could I hire you for, or what do you offer? What's your packages consist of? Mm-hmm. You do, uh, do you do videos writing? Do you do just photography? Do you do like, you know, um, talk about, uh, your stuff. Okay. Well, uh, I run a channel under sand for 20. I do, uh, I create entertaining videos. I do photography shots uh, while I'm getting into photography, but also, I also mostly consist of, uh, editing and producing, uh, content for entertainment, but I also could, uh, make content for someone else if someone uh assuming it's in the car in the motorcycle business um i can also um shoot for them edit for them and you know uh help help them uh get a boost in boost into their uh, social media pretty much i'm helping my friend uh grow his social media and uh, creating content for them with his own equipment so that's where i'm standing up right now so so and, and we're getting there i just want to get a better understanding uh so who would be who is your target client my target client would be people that are riding or people are people that want to get into motorcycling. But but my market is not set for sure right now because I'm barely, I'm just getting in, into the um, side of offering services. So that I'm at the beginning stages. So I still have to create my own material and I have material material ready for consumption. Right now it's most most like I said it's about eighty percent just um, uh, fun action entertainment right now. Awesome. It's and underway pretty much. Perfect. And do you have a three or five year goal? Ooh, I didn't even think about that. I'm going to be honest. Okay. 
it's more, it's more like that's uh, what happens on this podcast. <laughs> you see, it's more like uh, what, I'm, what what I need to get done this week, what I need to get done in the next two days. Um, wow, in the next five years, I would actually like to have ten x my audience. I would actually have to. I would like to be at a professional level of of my skills from all the skills I have. I would just I would I would love to have the skills fully refined, and I would have love to have my own business of uh, uh, selling courses, personal training people. Uh, working for others, working for with brands, pretty much. Um, what I'm what I'm doing on a way bigger scale. So bigger scale, which consists of me, you know, improving myself to have those abilities. One hundred percent. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, I just want to say one more thing. Uh, go. Well, you went to my website and you scheduled. Yes. How easy was that? It took me like two minutes. Okay, I just launched that like two weeks ago. Oh, good stuff. You look professional. So. And thank you, man. Yeah. Um, and then if you go to the menu and this is for you guys too, if you go on the menu, there's groups now, uh, join the group and then anything that you're doing or you want to promote, it's just another outlet, but it's going to be more motorcycle based and it's going to help bring people to the website and help promote businesses that are, nice. you okay. know, going into the website. That's rightboundless.net. Oppa John, merci. Thank you for having me. It was very fun. Absolutely. First Pleasure. time on a podcast, so, you know, kind of a little, little nervous, but it's all right. It's all good, man. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'd be glad to have you again. If awesome. you have any news or updates or anything, hit me up anytime. Definitely. Okay, Oppa. Oh, yeah.